You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. If you have your Bibles, turn with me over to the book of Colossians, chapter 3. In Colossians chapter 3, I think I have it for my screen. Colossians 3 says this. Talking to the church, he says, I want you to put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. This is what it should look like in the church. Amen? We just got to come. Man, we're compassionate people. We're patient people. Then he says this, bearing with one another. I love that word bearing with one another. It means just putting up with one another. How many of you got some people in your life, you're like, I'm just putting up with them right now. And that's what scripture's saying. Hey, learn to bear with one another. Be patient with one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, here's what scripture says that we're to do. Forgive each other. Now, I want you to help me with that, Citizens Church. What does scripture say we're to do? To forgive each other. I want all of us to read it together, and we're going to keep going until everyone does it. Ready? And online, scripture says that God wants us to forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive. You know, God has wired us to be relational people. Like, we're built to, be, to live in community. And, and because of that, some of the greatest moments of your life are experienced in community, right? Like, if I was to ask you, tell me about one of the favorite moments in your life. Chances are you're going to refer to a moment uh, that had some people involved, that you were laughing with, you're having a good time with. Maybe it was a trip with a family. Maybe it was a, a trip with some friends, and you, you kind of got into some trouble. And this is a story you, you, you like to tell with some people that you've done life with. Why? Because you are relational people. We're, we're, we're built to like crave and grow in community. And so people are the greatest source of our joy because God built it that way. But the flip side of that is true as well. People are not only often the greatest source of our joy, people can become the greatest source of our pain. Can I get a little amen? Some of the deepest hurt we've experienced, if I was to ask you, tell me about some of the hurt you've experienced in life. What are the, what are the not just the most joyous parts of your life, but the, what have some of the biggest struggles in your life been? And chances are you, the, those struggles will revolve around people, come on, in your life. Maybe even a specific person in your life. Something they've done, something they've said, something, and, and, and you are here today struggling. Some of the deepest pain is, is what they did to you, what they said about you, right? And what does God say we're supposed to do when we've been hurt by people, when, when someone has caused us pain, when someone's done us wrong? Scripture says, listen, here's what you are to do. You are to, someone say forgive, forgive, forgive. And that's not always easy. Any, anyone anyone uh, grow up, you got some siblings? You got some siblings you grew up with? Come on, let me see your hands. Like, it's okay, be proud. You got some, any of you were the oldest sibling? Come on, you're the oldest sibling. Your job as the oldest sibling was to dish out, like you just harass and haze all of your, 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 your younger ones, amen? Like that was your job, is just to pick on everybody. And, and here's what would happen in the context of, of growing up with siblings, is there was lots of opportunity to practice forgiveness, Amen. Like, I remember, so I, I am the oldest, 
And uh, I gave my brother and sister a lot of opportunity to practice forgiveness. I had them convinced for one whole season of their life that I actually had a direct line communication with Santa Claus, everybody. And so what I would do is at night, um, I, would, I would knock on the window and i go, oh, Santa. And I would open up and act like I'd open up the window and I would conversate with Santa about what my brother and sister were doing or not doing and what I think he should do in response to the fact that they haven't been very good to me. And they'd be listening in the other room and everybody, they would be, they would be walking straight that next day. They would be helping me out with everything that next day. And so uh, they had to learn to forgive me once they found out that I actually don't have a direct line, everybody. I remember one time, um, I don't know if my sister's here today, but my sister, uh, uh, Alicia, was little, like I'm talking like barely able to crawl, but I'm able to, you know, I'm, I'm walking around and doing this. And I had this whole set of Disney uh, books that were like collector books. I had a black marker and I saw them books. I don't know what got into me, everybody. I took that black marker and I drew all the way down the side of those, of those books you know, I'm just drawing on the outside, ruining all of them. I don't even know what got into me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a boy, everybody, a young boy, and you just do crazy things. And I'm just drawing. And I hear my mom coming down the hall. Do you know what I did? I handed the pen to my sister. Now, my mom actually punished my sister while I ran out. And so, Alicia, today I'm confessing to you that was me, and I want to ask you to practice forgiveness. It's why I'm teaching on this today. I... I'm sorry. So forgiveness is it's something you're going to have a lot of opportunity to practice in all sorts of places in your life. And, and it's not always easy because there's things that we'd rather do than forgive. Right? Like there's a lot of, like I, I would rather not forgive. I would rather, here's what I'd rather do. I'd rather, I'd rather get revenge. You cut me off, I'm going to cut you off. Right? You flip me off, I'm going to, I'm just kidding. Don't do that, everybody. Like, one way to G, don't do any of that. That's why a lot of you don't have citizen stickers on your car. I know it. I know it. Just, you just can't handle that. I've seen you drive. I actually, listen, if I have cut you off recently, I'm so sorry. I just want to apologize to you. This is actually a message for me. It's therapeutic. I'm a really bad driver. My wife is worse. And so my whole family, what are you talking about? Lies are sitting in the front. You're worse than me. We're bad. So forgive us. Uh, we're working on it, everybody. This message is about you forgiving the pastor, okay, for his driving. Um, we want revenge. So what we do is when we get hurt, we automatically begin to think about how we're going to hurt them back, how we're going to get revenge. And so we'd rather not forgive. We'd rather get revenge. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. You cut me off, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off. I'm, I'm going I'm to get you back. So you better watch your back, right? And we kind of we live with this revenge mentality, Forgive it. No, forget that. I'd rather review it. Some of us, we, we love to review the hurt. Matter of fact, we bring it up to them all the time. So they say, you know, I'm so sorry. And we're like, well, if you wouldn't have, then we wouldn't be here. And if you didn't do that, then we wouldn't be doing this. And, and, and we review it. We rehash it. And a lot of us love to, man, I don't want to forgive. I, I want to rehash. I want to remind. I want them to remember. And we live in that place because it's just so hard to forgive others of us. And here's what a lot of people also do is they try to bury the pain. Okay. So instead of uh, revenge or rehashing or reminding, we're just going to bury it. And so what we tell ourselves is, okay, I've been hurt, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to push it way down inside. 
And, and, and if I bury it deep enough and I hold it down long enough, maybe it will go away. But what begins to happen is the pain that you've tried to bury begins to fester and that pain becomes worse and it begins to, listen, infect and impact every other area of your life as you bury the pain. God says, don't bury, forgive, forgive. But forgiving's hard. It never works when we try anything other than forgiving. So God says, don't revenge it, don't rehash it, don't repay it, don't bury it. Come on, forgive it. And I, I think there's so many of us that wrestle with that because there's a lot of us that have been hurt so deeply, we think to ourselves, how could I forgive? How can you, pastor, you don't understand what they did. How, how it's not, a, I don't even know if it's possible to forgive. And how can I forgive somebody who's done something so horrible? How can I forgive somebody that's done something that seems unforgivable? And listen, I believe that there are some of you carrying those things today. And I believe on the authority of God's word and by the power of God's spirit that today, those of you who have been carrying around a deep sense of hurt and unforgiveness in your life, I believe that today you're going to have an encounter with God in his word that's forever going to change your life, that's going to set you free, let you walk out of here different than you came in. If you believe it's possible, say amen. Amen. God asks us to forgive and he empowers us to forgive. And I want to help you today to take a step toward forgiveness. So how do we forgive those people? That. How do we forgive the things that seem unforgivable? Jesus models this for us so perfectly on the cross. Jesus, over in the book of Luke, chapter 23, it, it tells us, setting this up, it says, there were two others who were criminals who were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that was called the skull, they were there, they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Pause with me there for a second. Jesus is going to the cross. And you got to remember the, um, the moments leading up to this. What's going on in the life of Jesus that now has him here on the cross? We know that Jesus was falsely accused. And people made up things about Jesus that were just were not true. Maybe some of you can, can relate to that. We know that Jesus was betrayed by his own disciples. Those, by one that was so close to him was the very one that betrayed him. Maybe some of you know what that's like. Jesus was abandoned. Every one of his closest friends left him in the moment of his deepest need. He was falsely condemned in a mock trial. Jesus was tortured. He was beaten with a cat of nine tails. He was blindfolded by the Romans and, and, and hit. And, and they were saying, prophesy, prophesy. Who's hitting you, Jesus? They spat on Jesus. They made Jesus carry his own cross to this place of Golgotha, which means the skull, it looked like a skull, and Jesus there is brought to this place, and there they lay him on the cross, they nail his hands into the already bloodstained wood, because it's used by those who've already been crucified, his feet into the cross, 
They lift him into position and they, they hang him there on that cross. Unthinkable and unimaginable things have been done to Jesus by those soldiers and by all those who are standing in that audience that day. But what's Jesus going to do? What's he going to say? What, what, what? Remember, he's in complete control the whole time. Jesus can call down legions of angels and have this done with. Jesus can have the earth opened up and, and all those enemies be, be swallowed by the earth. But Jesus' lips begin to move and you're like, what's he going to say? What's he? Now, what would you say? I think any normal person, any, anyone who would be in this situation, would lose, use their last bit of energy maybe to curse those that were cursing you, maybe to spit back on those that were spitting on, maybe to get back at those, maybe, maybe just, to, just to tell them. Put them in their place. But as Jesus' lips begin to move in the midst of these horrific circumstances, what does Jesus whisper? And in verse 34, it goes on to say this. And Jesus said, Father, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And in that moment, Jesus models for us what we are to do when we've been wronged. What we are to do when we've been hurt. It's not bury the hurt. It's not revenge the hurt. It's not even hold on to the hurt. But forgive the hurt. Now, I realize in a room like this that there's a, there's a lot of hurt, that there are so many of us carrying massive amounts of pain. I mean, there's some of you that have walked through some of the most painful and heartbreaking circumstances imaginable. And it's hard to even talk about a lot of it. But you think about children today. Uh, we just de dedicated these, um, these amazing families. We pray for these amazing families, but not all children grow up in amazing, in amazing homes. And maybe you as a child did not grow up in a, an amazing home. And unfortunately today, uh, abuse, whether it's verbal, emotional, or physical abuse, is, is common in so many homes today. And I realize that there are some of you that as children were abused in some way by those who were supposed to love and protect and take care of you. And so today you come in here carrying the weight of what was, what was done to you. Maybe some things that were said to you. Maybe some of you, you grew up in a home. It's, it's just statistically that so many of us have grown up in homes that, uh, of a, in a divorced home where a, where a mother left or a father left and you've been carrying the, the weight of that in your life and what it has done to you as a, as a, as a child. Maybe some of you, just statistically, it, it, there's some of you that, that here today, you've, you've been molested as a child. You think about marriage today. In marriage today, there's things said and there's things done. There's maybe some of you dealing with the aftermath of betrayal. There's some of you dealing with some kind of abuse, again, whether it's verbally or sexually. And these are things that, that hit us and hurt us, impact us. Like people, people sin against us and we have to learn how to deal with that type of pain. When, when we speak about, uh, when we speak about sexual abuse, statistics today are alarming that almost one in three women will at some point in their life 
deal with some kind of sexual abuse. That is, it is heartbreaking. It is unimaginable. It's unbelievable. Yet it's where we are in society today. Guys, think about that. I line up. It's like one, two, you. One, two, you. One, two, you. Those that have had to live in the aftermath of such deep hurt, such deep pain. Some of you, you've had a close friend that you trusted turn their back on you, maybe even lie about you. Maybe someone in a, in a, in, at your place of employment in a business transaction was just shady and they, they took something from you. And, and you see, we, we carry around these, these pains and these, these wrongs that were, were done to us. And for some of you, You've got some siblings and some family that you don't even talk to anymore. Come on. Like, well, they did this to me and therefore, and you've shut the door on a sibling, on family, a mom or dad. Others of you, it's, it's, you don't even talk with your parents anymore because of what's been done. Because there is just this hurt. You know that when scripture tells us to live in community, scripture always presupposes that there's going to be mess presupposes that there's going to be hurt. And what the gospel does in the middle of that hurt and in the middle of that mess is the gospel gives us a way to, listen, be set free from the bondage of that mess, from the, from the continual cancer of that pain that you can carry in life. And what he, through scripture, what God through scripture tells us to do, how he chooses to set us free is through what he calls forgiveness, forgiveness. But a lot of us, we find that we, with that hurt, we struggle with it. Like we just can't seem to get past it. We can't seem to let it go. Just kind of always seems to like, when we think we've dealt with it, it's back there again. Anyone like you, you're, you have some, you have some responsibility at home that involves vacuuming. Come on, anyone like you vacuum your house. Come on, let me see your hand. Um, I grew up having to vacuum the church that I served at. It was my job to vacuum. And I would go and I'd get those lines perfectly straight and I'd vacuum, I'd vacuum, I'd vacuum. Every now and then, tell me if you, you can relate to this. There, there would be like a little piece of something that I just couldn't get off the carpet. You're vacuuming, everything else come up. But then there's that something, it's like, and it's still there. What do you do? Here's what you do. You, first you go over and you try a different angle. And it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. You're trying and trying. So here's what you do. Come on, everybody. Tell me if you're like me. You bend down and you, you, you pick it up. You observe it. And then what do you do? You throw it back down on the ground and try to vacuum it up again, right? But still, it's just not going anywhere. It's just not going anywhere. And I think there's some of us today, we've done all we can with this pain. We've done all we can with this hurt. But it's just not coming up off the carpet. It doesn't seem, I mean, we've gone to church. We've gone to counseling. We, we prayed about it. We've, we've done everything we think we can do, and yet it's still there. But friends, I want you to understand that you can see that pain and that hurt released in your life. You can see yourself set free from the prison that it, that it holds you and the, the bitterness it tries to shove you into. And it's through this beautiful word called forgiveness. So I need you to understand what forgiveness is. But to understand what forgiveness is, I think it's really important biblically you understand what forgiveness is not. You need to understand if you're going to forgive today, there are those of you who are going to leave here free for maybe the first time. You're going to need to understand this. Forgiveness is not approving. See, I think a lot of us wrestle with forgiveness because we've been convinced that forgiveness is approving. 
So we've been told that forgiveness is making a wrong right. But everybody listen to me. Forgiveness is not making a wrong right. What was done to you that is wrong is wrong, period. Abuse is wrong. Hurt is wrong. Betrayal is, is wrong. What was said to you is wrong. What was done to you is wrong. It is wrong. And forgiveness does not make that wrong right. It's wrong no matter what. So forgiveness is not about making a wrong right. Forgiveness is about handling a wrong right. Handling a wrong right. Dealing with that wrong in the right way. You're not being asked to approve of what they've done. You're being asked to forgive them for what they've done. So you can move forward knowing you're not validating or approving or saying what you did was okay. You're obeying scripture and forgiving. Forgiving is not making a wrong right. Forgiving also is not forgetting. Have you heard people say that before? Well, just, well, she just forgive and forget. Forgive me. Come on, you've heard it before. You've heard it before, right? Forgive and forget. So what happens when you hear that is you think, well, if I'm going to forgive, I need to forget. And there's just no way I can forget. And because I can't forget, well, I must never be able to forgive. And so you just keep living in this place where you can't forgive because you think I've got to forget it if I'm going to forgive it. But you guys, I, although I get that sediment, you know, scripture tells us not to keep a record of wrong. You're not supposed to walk around with a, with a list of, well, and, and here's what you've done, and here's the 19 things, and you could rattle them off. And that, every person in your life, you got a little list for. And Scripture says, no, you're not supposed to carry a list. Bury your list. But Scripture's not saying that you will never remember some of the things that maybe you had on the list. It's saying you don't hold on to it. You don't continue to rehash that list. You don't, you don't live by that list. You see, Forgiving is not forgetting. When you've been hurt deeply, I don't think you're ever going to be able to move to a place where you absolutely forget what was done to you. But here's what you can do. Forgiveness doesn't forget about it. Forgiveness chooses how to think about it when you think about it. When that thing comes up in your heart and in your mind or in your life, when something flashes you back to that moment or that thing that was said or that thing was done, you can choose to think about it differently. And the way we are to think about it is as, listen, forgiven, forgiven. So forgiveness is not making a wrong right. Forgiveness is not about forgetting. Then what is forgiveness about? What is this thing that Jesus is calling us to in scripture? You write this down. Forgiveness is just letting go. It's letting go. It has huge implications, but an actual very simple definition. The Bible defines forgiveness as releasing somebody from their debt. When they wronged you, they now incurred a debt to you. That's why in, in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, it says this. It says, and forgive us our what? Our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. When we pray for forgiveness, what we're asking God to do is to take all the things that we've done, all the debt we owe God. Does that make sense? Like, like I did this, therefore I owe God. Like, I, I messed up. And God, in forgiveness, says, I'm not going to hold that debt over you any longer. Okay? That's what forgiveness is. I'm going to let go of the debt that was over your life. 
So here's what happens when you and I've been wronged. Come on, if you're like me, if I've been wronged, I'm gonna hold you on trial in the courtroom of my mind, right? And in the courtroom of my mind, I am both the, I'm the jury and I'm the judge. And in the courtroom of my mind, I am laying out all the, all the charges against you and I'm gonna find you guilty as the judge and I am gonna proclaim on your life some kind of penalty, some kind of punishment, depending on what you've done. And so, ladies in here, your, your husband has done something stupid again. And so the penalty that you have decided to dish out this week and this moment is the silent treatment, right? So you're, I'm not gonna talk, it's like, that's just what they get. It's what they deserve. And it's, a, it's a silent treatment and you, you've given them, they're now in debt to you and you're really good at it. Are you okay? They're looking out the window. You good? They're like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Don't say you're fine because you don't look fine. No, I'm good, I'm good. Just don't feel good. See, men don't understand that. Like, if you say you're good, you're good. But I could tell, I could tell I'm actually in debt right now. There's something going on. I, I, I'm in trouble right now. I kind of feel like, like you're holding something over me right now. And so we hold people on trial in the courtroom of your mind. We pronounce on them some kind of judgment. And I, I, I use the marriage thing as a, as a kind of a simpler thing, but in some of those complex places in our life, those deep pains and those deep hurts, we are now holding that hurt over that person. And forgiveness asks us, God asks us through forgiveness to take the thing that we were once holding over people and to choose instead to no longer hold it over them any longer. It's a decision we make to remove that from over that person. They are not being held under it any longer. I'm not going to force them to live under it any longer. I'm not going to think about them as being under it any longer. See, forgiveness, does this make sense, everybody? Forgiveness is letting go. It's no longer holding it over them. What forgiveness does is it releases them from their debt. It ceases to demand the punishment or the payment. It doesn't hold it over them any longer. And here's what happens in your heart. Watch. It's you letting go of the resentment. It's you letting go of the grudge. It's you letting go of the bitterness. When we release them from the prison we built in our hearts to hold them, we find that we release ourselves from the bitterness we were held in. Does that make sense, everybody? It's you right now. Some of you have built a prison around some people in your life, and you're trying to hold them. When you think about them, you think about them as in that prison. Forgiveness is releasing them from the prison inside your heart you have built to hold them in. And when you do that, what you find is you think you're releasing them, but the reality is you're releasing you. You're the one that's been the prisoner the whole time. So how? Come on, how, how do we do this practically? How do, I, how do I allow people to move out from under something they deserve? How, how do I live in a place where I can be free? Let me give you a couple practical things that scripture gives us as we move through this. First of all, I, what, what Jesus calls us to do is he calls us to pray for those who hurt us. Write that down. Pray for those who hurt us. Luke chapter 6, verse 28 says this. Luke 6, 28 says, bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. Now, I know when you hear that, you go, okay, okay. God, I pray you give them boils. 
God, I pray you ruin their lives. God, I pray you give them a flat tire. God, I pray, right? And you, you, you want to pray that way. Well, that might be where you start. But you know that as you continue to pray, God says, you know what? It's not just praying like that. There's, there's something that I want to do inside your heart. And it's, I want you to help. I want to help you see them as I see them. And do you know how I see them? I see them as loved. I know that they've hurt and I know they've done wrong, but I still love. And so scripture tells us over in the, in the book of Matthew chapter five, it says, but you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So it's not just pray for people, pray for them and love them. Everybody listen. Your first step toward freedom and releasing those that have hurt you is to begin to pray for them. You pray for them. And here's what's going to happen as you pray for people. What happens is God begins to work in your heart. And what starts out is God ruined them. Begins to move to God, draw them. God, help them. God, would you, would you bring them to a place, Lord, where they, they come to know you? God, would you bring them to a place where, 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 God, you would forgive them? Would you wash them? And God, would you help them? And, and you let your heart start to go out to them. Why? Because in prayer, you begin to capture God's heart for the very people that hurt you and that, that, that brought pain on you and that, come on, have, taken things from you that you feel like you can never get back. So Jesus says, we're to pray for them. And now instead of being bound by the anger and the bitterness and the resentment in my heart, I start to move toward freedom as I pray for them, pray for them. Someone say, pray for them. And then Jesus says this to us, it's not just pray for them, but how do you forgive? He says, I want you to forgive them as you've been forgiven, as you've been forgiven. The book of Matthew, we don't have time to go through the whole thing, but in the book of Matthew, Peter's talking to Jesus and he said, Jesus, I, I, I get this whole forgiveness thing. I, I, you talk about it a lot. But what do I do if, if somebody, you know, sins against me seven times? Am I supposed to forgive them if they keep messing up? Am I for, supposed to be forgiven if, if I forgave them once, they do it again, forgive them? And you got people like that in your life? I forgive them again and they, they do it again. And, and, and he, Peter's talking to Jesus because Jesus, what am I supposed to say about those kinds of people? Do I forgive him seven times? And I think Peter thought that he was impressing all the other disciples by coming to this really big number. Jesus, I'm going to be so gracious. I'm going to forgive him seven times. And what does Jesus say? Do you know he said? No, you're to forgive them seven times, 70 times. And it wasn't that you're supposed to sit and do all the math and go, okay, that'd be 400. And, no, no, no. It was a principle that no matter, listen, how many times you've been wronged and no matter how many times you've been hurt, there needs to come from us a response. It's not always easy. It's not always, it's not always easy for us to get there, but God wants to move you there to this place where you learn to just forgive. You won't hold it over them. And so he tells this story and the stories of this king who wanted to settle accounts against this guy that owed him 10,000 talents. It's an unthinkable number. There was no way that this man could ever repay the king. And that king was going to have that man thrown into prison, his, his family taken into prison, his home repossessed, and everything that the king had in his power to do to exact from that man what was due, he was going to do. But the king chose to have mercy on that man and forgive that man and, listen, released him from the debt that was over his head. It tells us then that that 
same man walked out of the presence of that king and he found a man who owed him 100 denarii. That's a small amount compared to this massive amount that he owed the king. And he finds this guy that owed him 100 denarii and he had that man thrown in prison till his debt could be paid. And Jesus tells the story that once the king heard of it, he went and found that man, listen very close, who would not forgive the other guy of a hundred denarii and had him thrown in prison where he would be, and it goes to say tortured. Now listen, what happens in our lives is you've got to realize you are standing before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords who has forgiven all of us of more than we could ever even want to speak of. God has cleansed us. He's forgiven us and he's, he's washed us. Jesus went to the cross and died for us. He, he gave his life for us and his blood for us so that we could be washed and cleansed and forgiven. God, listen, in my life, listen, because of that forgiveness, God doesn't hold over me my past. He doesn't hold over me all my mistakes. Hey, listen, and because he doesn't hold it over me any longer, I don't have to live under it any longer. Come on, listen to me, some of you. You don't have to live under it any longer. But I did this and I did that. If you are forgiven in Jesus, if you've asked, if you've come to the cross, you are washed 100% clean. You don't have to live under it longer. Now, how dare we who have been forgiven of so much walk out? I know it's hard. And hold over people things. when our king's not even holding it over us. And it says that when that man chose to hold over him his hundred denarii, he was put into a prison where he was tortured. Unforgiveness will torture you. Unforgiveness will, like a cancer, begin to impact and kill even the healthy things in your life. It'll, it'll begin to touch all the other places of your life that you, you wanted to see healthy but can't get healthy because there's this thing that you keep holding over that person. There's some of you in here today that are carrying around massive amounts of hurt. You're literally tormented by the wrong that has been done to you. But at some point, you've got to make a choice. Come on, if I could just talk to you. You, you, can, you can do what a lot of people do. You can just let it keep eating you up, let it mess with you. You can keep rehearsing it and rehashing it. You can keep having those conversations with them in your head. If I see them next time, I'm going to tell them and then they're going to hear and I'm going to, and you go put them in their place. You've had that conversation a hundred times in the mirror. And you can keep living in that place. You can keep letting it be like a cancer, destroy every healthy thing it touches. You can let it continue to smother your joy and rob you of your peace. Or you can choose today to be set free. And the key to that freedom is in your hands. It's called forgiveness. But, but Pastor Chris, they haven't said they're sorry. You know, Scripture never tells us to wait for an apology. Come on, listen to me, everybody. If you wait for an apology from the people who have wronged you, you might be waiting your whole life. And I say to you, don't give people that kind of power over you. Don't let people have that kind of authority over you. We, we forgive even if they haven't asked for it. I'm going to choose to live that way. I'm telling you, a forgiving attitude is one of the best attitudes you could have. You just let it. God, I'm going to give it to you. 
I'm going to release them from it. Try showing up to work, forgiving all the people who are going to do dumb things before they do the dumb things. You walk in and you go, I forgave you already. You walk around free. You walk around free. And some of you need to be set free. We pray for them. 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 And we forgive them as we've been forgiven. When we have a hard time forgiving, I think it's because we lose sight of how much we've been forgiven of. This isn't about, please hear me, this is not about you getting out there. Now go strive to forgive. Strive to and work really hard to forgive. Here's all I'm asking you to do today is you get under the fountain of all the forgiveness that God has poured out on your life and you let it overflow from your life to forgive the others who have hurt you in life. Church, can you stand to your feet with me this morning? Listen, I don't pretend, I don't pretend to know all the hurt and all the pain that you've faced in life. I don't pretend to know what was done to you. I don't pretend to know what was said to you. And I, I'm sure I can't even imagine how it's tormented you and haunted you and weighs on you sometimes even daily. I can't imagine and I can't pretend to know. But here's what I do know is that in any place where you have been hurt, in any place where you have experienced loss, in any place where someone has took from you something that can never be given back, in any, any place where wrong has been done to you, here's what I do know, is that you have a God in heaven that can redeem. You have a God in heaven that can restore. You have a God in heaven who can set you free. You have a God in heaven who can give you a brighter tomorrow. You have a God in heaven that can use all that past hurt to help give you a brighter future. You have a God in heaven who help you tell a better story, who can help you help others. You have a God in heaven who could use the deepest moments of your pain to give you the greatest story of his glory. But that transition happens in the moment you choose to forgive, to release them, to release them. I pray for them, I pray for them, I pray for them, I pray for them. And God, as you have released me, I choose in my heart to release them. It's you choosing today to realize I can't have a better past. I'm giving up all hope on a better past. And I'm choosing today to embrace a better future through forgiveness. Come on, church. Amen. Would you close your eyes with me? Bow your head. Listen, I realize as I talk through forgiveness today that there's just some of you who you know this message is for you. And you've tried everything. Some of you have never even wanted to try. You want to live in the, in the hurt and continue to imagine the revenge. You, but today, friend, I just want to ask that, that you would, in obedience, take a step into what God has for your future. Stop living in the rearview mirror, friend. God has so much in front of you. And today, would you choose to release them? And in doing so, find that you're the one who needed to be released all along. And so listen, if God's been speaking to your heart today, 
and you want this to be a moment where you choose before God to forgive, I want to pray over you. So if that's you and you're saying, Pastor Chris, would you just pray over me? I want to release this today. Maybe for the first time, maybe, maybe this is a step you're going to take in a, in a process of healing that God is going to do in your life. And if that's you, you'd like me to pray over you today. Would you lift up your hand right now in this place? Come on, right now, just lift up your hand. Come on, lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. Come on, lift up your hand. Nice and high. Hold them up to God as a way of releasing. And let me pray over you. God, for those right now that are releasing the hurt, they're releasing the pain, God, they're releasing that person, those people, for what was done, what was said, what was taken. God, right now they are saying, they realize that you have forgiven them of so much. God, you've released them of so much. And God, they just are asking you right now to take it, take the hurt, take the pain, take the bitterness. God, take the sorrow, take the rehashing. God, take the, the sleepless nights. God, God, take all that hurt. And Jesus, would you just absorb it? God, they choose right now to release them from the prison they built in their heart, to give all of this over to you. Jesus name. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta keep on.